ESPN 94.1 FM at 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, May 7th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We have no guests today on the program, so it's going to be straight up me and your comments on social media as well. At Paul Swan is a great way to find me this afternoon, and we got a lot to get into, though. Just because I don't have a guest today doesn't mean we don't have things to talk about. And, of course, here we are once again, another day without major sports. But things are starting to roll back open slightly in some regards. I think college athletics still going to be the hardest hit by this, but professional sports starting to roll back open. We're going to see some indie racing soon. Of course, NASCAR is about ready to ramp back up and get going once again. We have Korean baseball now. I actually haven't woken up early enough to see this just yet. I like sports just as much as everybody else, but not getting up at 530 in the morning to watch Korean baseball. Now, if it was an afternoon game, I definitely would watch that. So if you watched it, I'm kind of curious what it's like for you to see baseball with teams and players you're not really familiar with. But as anything, if you get into sports for the first time, it's basically you're discovering. I mean, the first time you watch baseball, unless someone told you, hey, you're a fan of this team, you, you didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know the players. So think of it that way. But we got a lot to get into, so let's just go ahead and do that today. Uh, first of all, college athletics probably, as I mentioned, hit the hardest. And it seems that every day we hear a story about another athletic department or another coaching staff either having to be on furlough or take a reduction in salary. I mean, the stories continue just because athletic departments, high and low, are trying to find ways to smartly run their athletic department with less revenues trying to project what losses could be. And it seems that FIU's athletic director, Pete Garcia, has decided to defer one year of salary as part of the school's response to financial concerns brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. FIU, however, they're still furloughing about 22 athletic department employees into July. They dissolved their men's indoor track and field team. This is, of course, reporting from the Associated Press, someone speaking to the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity because this hasn't been discussed publicly just yet. This isn't public news, but the school did not disclose any of the the news, so this is just reporting right now. And Garcia's salary is listed in public documents as $435,689. So that's what he's making a year. And the athletic director deferring one year of salary that opens up some money, opens up some revenue for the athletic department. The deferment would likely, according to the report, be for two years or around the time that his current contract is set to expire. He's been the director of sports and entertainment. That's the title. FIU's executive director of sports and entertainment since 2006. So that's the report coming out of FIU. And of course, It makes sense that FIU would be a school that's going to cut back a little bit. Athletics, let's be honest, you go to an FIU game, football stadium's not filled with fans, and ticket sales do add to the bottom line. 
So if FIU is hurting, think of some of the other teams in Conference USA, what they must be going through right now. I mean, thankfully, we haven't heard reports like this out of Marshall just yet. Thankfully, we haven't heard that because, and I say thankfully because honestly, most of those people over there are my friends in some form or fashion, either, you know, acquaintances or people that I've worked with for many years and, and I've come to know them. And I, I don't want to be the one who has to give that report that, you know, friends of mine who are working in the athletic department are being let go or being furloughed or they're having their salary cut. If it's going on, you know, I hate it. Maybe it's good that I don't know about it, but I hate it if it's going on. If it's going to happen, I would hate it even more. But just to be honest with you, that's just terrible. And that's the thing. And I, I hope we can get back to a point where we can have some sort of athletic competition again. But I'm still on the side of caution just a little bit. I err on the side of caution a little bit more. Do it slowly. Do it correctly. That way we don't have to go back and isolate again and quarantine again. And there are people who are very smart and have our best interest at heart. And then there are a lot of people who don't have our best interest at heart. And hopefully the ones that do have our best interest at heart are the ones who are making the decisions, getting us on the right track. But still, it's just hard to hear what these um, people are going through, not just from a illness standpoint, but just the financial loss here. Yeah, I mean, we're talking football, it's sports. We're talking baseball. We're talking athletics, which at this point of the year, we, we just don't know what's going to happen. But you know, there are a lot of jobs that are attached to this. And so we hope that we can move forward smartly because I, I really I don't look forward to this every day. Just coming here and seeing more stories like this, that people are losing their jobs or their salaries are being cut. They're working part time hours. They're having to go get unemployment. People are cutting their salaries completely or deferring their salaries because they want to make sure that other people are able to stay on the payroll, which I commend. I commend all the athletic directors who have done that so far. I mean, it's really not just a PR move. I mean, you're actually giving up a good chunk of your money voluntarily to make sure that other people are able to stay unemployed or I'm sorry, stay off unemployment, stay employed, or at least be partially employed. So thankfully, once again, we haven't heard that yet just from the Marshall Athletic Department. And, uh, you know, I dread the day we do it. You sort of, there is a dread. Okay, you know, when does this hit Marshall Athletics? Or, thankfully, behind the scenes, you've got a plan in place. Everything is being taken care of. You're able to get through a lot of this, and hopefully we figure out what it's going to look like on the other side. Now, as I mentioned, on the one hand, you've got athletic departments cutting. You have athletic departments trying to figure out what they're going to do. And then you got the SEC. You've got the SEC and the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sansky. You know what? He's not dealing in hypotheticals. You know what? No. None of this what-if stuff. None of that. I'm sure he doesn't know when the football season is going to start, to be honest with you. But the SEC, they're planning for an on-time start. They are planning on having a full season as scheduled. Here's what he said. He said, playing football is important to us. I think that There is a great deal of focus properly on what the SEC does. That's why I think it's important to me to represent we're focused on playing football as scheduled. Part of that is a communication to say we're going to be prepared to get back to normal. We do believe we have a leadership in all of that work. And, of course, coming from CBS Sports, Dennis Dodd's piece on the SEC, I don't know what normal looks like. What does normal look like? What will normal look like? 
because I don't think normal is going to happen. If it does, it's going to be a gradual return to it. But we're changed. We're going through a pandemic right now. We are changed, whether we like it or not. As a society, how we do things, how we perceive, eventually we're going to all come to some sort of consensus. But I'm going to be honest with you. We're changed people. Social distancing is going to be the word of 2020, maybe 2021. People are going to maybe rethink how they conduct themselves in large gatherings. I mean, eventually we're going to get back to large gatherings. I think once we have a vaccine, we have a cure, whatever we have, but a defense against this. And of course, now people are going to maybe go to large gatherings and have face coverings. I mean, that's going to be the thing to think about. Face coverings are a thing that we're going to see more and more. You go into a grocery store now, people are wearing face coverings. You go into, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you go to, say, pick up some food, most of the employees are wearing face coverings now. I'm wearing face coverings as courtesy to them because, again, it's courtesy. They're wearing a face cover. I'm wearing a face cover. And I think that's going to be part of this new dynamic. But the SEC thinks we're, we're going to play football. And why would they say differently? That's the that's the thing. Why would they say differently? Why would they come out and say, you know what? We don't know when this is going to happen. I mean, come on. The NFL tonight is going to release the schedule. And we're going to break it down tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Bengals schedule. We're not pretending that it's going to happen. And we're not pretending that it's not going to happen. We don't know. But the NFL, because they've got some time, they're just moving forward. They're doing business as usual. And thankfully, the NFL has been one of our saviors when it comes to actual sports content, something that's been a diversion in our daily lives. And the NFL draft, I absorbed the NFL draft. The Last Dance with the Michael Jordan documentary, I've been watching that. That's important to me because that is appointment TV. Nine o'clock. I'm watching The Last Dance. 11 o'clock, I'm watching SVP. I'm watching his after show. Or if I'm in the car, if I'm listening to ESPN Radio, I'm listening to the after show there. And, of course, we're leading up to that. On Sundays, we've got classic Bulls games that are relevant to The Last Dance and Michael Jordan's career, and that's, of course, on Sundays. So if you're interested in hearing some of those games, you can tune in on Sundays. You can hear classic Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan games, significant games from that season. And it's just fun to go back and listen to. And again, I'd rather have real sports, but here's something that either I hadn't heard in 20-some years or I maybe had never heard before. And it's just fascinating to me to go back and, and listen to those games. And, of course, you can catch those Sundays right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So that's where we're at right now. We're going to continue on, take some of your phone calls. We'll try to get those in. And, of course, online at Paul Swan on Twitter. That's where you can find me this afternoon. It is The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've been talking about all week the league's starting to hold virtual conference days. Mountain West, Conference USA is doing it. The MAC, the AAC, their media days are going to take virtually, um, well, take virtually to a new level because they're going to be online and they're going to be remote. Now the Big 12 is holding their football media days virtually as well. They had their day set for July 20th and 21st at AT&T Stadium. 
but they're going to hold the event virtually. They confirmed that to ESPN. So what's going to happen here is with the Big 12, I think, dropping the bomb that, you know, we're doing this virtually, I think every other Power 5 conference is going to follow suit, and they're going to do it as well because they're the first to go, the first Power 5 conference to make their football media day go virtual because of concerns. And we're talking about pandemic here that we don't know when's going to end. And if they're holding media day virtually, which was scheduled for July 20th, that means we don't think at least until July that this is going to be in a situation where we are going to be free from the concerns of this pandemic. I mean, that's my takeaway from it. But again, I think schools have been, you know, been really kidding themselves if they think that holding these events are going to do them much good, at least from the Conference USA, MAC standpoint. From the Mid-American Conference, it'd probably be easier. Because, again, that's a league that the geography, if they hold media days in, in Cleveland, they can drive to Cleveland. If you're in Huntington and you hold media days in Dallas or any other Texas location, hold it in Frisco, the Star, I mean, that's kind of a, a long haul for most of the media in Conference USA. So I think this is, again, the smart thing to do, the smart play, but it tells me also that, you know, we're going to have football, but we're going to be safe and sorry here as well. And the thing you keep in mind here is the SEC, they might be playing to the fans saying, look, we're going to have it. It's going to be here. We're going to have it. But the other conferences, I'm sure, have to take a wait-and-see attitude, or at least it's going to be piecemeal because Oregon Governor Kate Brown made an announcement that the state is moving toward reopening, but she said that sporting events are still far from being cleared for normal activities. Large gatherings, including live sporting events with audiences, concerts, festivals, and conventions, will not be able to return until they have a reliable treatment or prevention like a vaccine. That's what she said. And that, I think, is going to be the ultimate direction because you can have things like NASCAR and IndyCar. You can have that. I think that's fair to say. Nobody's going to be watching in the track or on the track. Yeah, they're going to be home. We're going to be home watching that. That's fine. We're going to be home watching the return of baseball eventually if they figure out their plan. And the NHL, they can figure out their plan. And the NBA, we're going to be home watching all of that because they can make that happen. And it'll be controlled, I'm sure. But do you have a controlled football game? Do you have a college football game with no fans? Because you might have situations where some student-athletes are not able to return to campus, and you have some situations where they're going to be able to return to campus. But there's nothing uniform. And I know there's some talk out there that, well, if some schools can go and some can't, why should those schools hold everyone else back? And the reason you hear that is because, again, money, it all comes down to that. And I completely get that. If you think you can go and you're going to go, but... College athletics, I just don't know where we're going to be here in a few months. And if you can go, if you can have football, because the control of the fans is going to be the hardest thing to do. Will everybody be required to wear a mask? Well, I don't want to wear a mask. Well, you can't come in the stadium then. You know, are you going to be able to enforce that? Or are you going to maybe limit the people who can come? Do you limit it to, I don't know, big green members and spread them out and general public can't come in? Or do you limit it to people who are in maybe your your luxury boxes? But again, you can't really social distance there, and you're going to have them in a confined space. And trust me, have you ever been to a football game in the press box? If you haven't, uh, the elevator is quite jammed at times for fans who are want to 
descend or ascend, depending on what level they're going to. So how, how does this all play out? And you look at what the NHL is going to do, or at least what they're trying to do, and we'll talk more about that here in the next segment. But what the NHL is trying to do is they're trying to figure out what the logistics are going to look like. What's the setup going to be for the NHL returning? Are you going to have announcers on premises, or are you going to have announcers at home? I mean, look at what ESPN's doing with Korean baseball. You've got virtual announcers, and the NHL could do that as well. You could have limited camera crews. You could have limited people on the ice. You could have limited people in the arena. And there are going to be plenty of robocams. And the reason you can get away with that, because there won't be any fans in the arena. With no fans in the arena, that means one thing. You don't have to worry about obstructed views anymore. I mean, that's interesting to me, because there's a way to get this done. It's not the way you want to see hockey return or the NBA, but as far as televising this thing, we do have the technology. There'll be robocams all over the place, and maybe you kind of you look at, well, maybe we can integrate this more into the broadcast here in the future. Would you imagine robocams instead of just having full-fledged camera operators? You could have different setups here and maybe cut cost because you can have better camera angles if you can have cameras that are positioned different places that's interesting here but just to go back to go back if we're going to see this it's going to be without fans i don't see a scenario at this date and time at this moment in time that's going to allow for a full stadium of fans there's just not a scenario and if there is i want to see it i want to hear it i want to know what it is because until we get that solved I don't know how we're going to go forward. Pro? Yeah, we'll be fine. The NFL, they'll get enough TV money. They can make this work. The TV money is going to be the thing. The fans in the stands, yeah, you like to have that, but TV money is going to be where it's at. College athletics, completely different story because, again, you don't have one unified organization. You don't have one collective group. You have kingdoms and serfdoms and tribes and everything else dictating what is going to happen. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Speaking of hockey, I want hockey back. I miss hockey. I want hockey back. Hockey might be coming back. I don't know, but we've got a plan. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the May 7th edition. The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, I alluded to the NHL maybe trying to figure a way to get back. We were kind of hoping for the conclusion of the season. That's not going to happen. Instead, we might just get the playoffs. And I'll take it. Whatever I get, I will take. If it's playoffs, give me playoffs. And there might be a change of focus. Instead of trying to get back to the regular season, because let's be honest, for several teams, they're meaningless games. And if you can limit exposure, if you can limit how many people you have to bring back, and you go just directly to the playoffs, then you're going to be a lot more nimble when it comes to maybe a second wave or the fact you can get this over with. Get this going and then prepare for the next season and be able to plan appropriately there. So you might see the NHL come up with a 24-team tournament. It's not yet been established, but that could be where we go. And if you go with the top 12 teams in each conference, 
That would include every NHL club that's 500 or better when play stopped on March 11th. And of course, for me, that's good because the New York Rangers would be right there. And I thought that they were coming on and they were fighting for a wild card spot. And I would be happy to see this. And of course, if that's the case, then let's do it. 24 team. And of course, the first round, I'm sure, would be a best of three. We haven't seen a format just yet. But that might be where we're going here as far as getting some of this back. Now, Gary Bettman, again, has talked about, look, we're not going to be the first ones back. And of the personal contact sports, football, baseball, hockey, basketball, I don't know if you're going to see the NBA come back first or you're going to see the NHL and the NBA both come back in sort of a a group fashion. If they're going to be sharing some of the same arenas, I'm sure there's been some conversations there. The NFL, of course, Major League Baseball, they have their own facilities. They can start back whenever they want to and deem it safe. But for the NBA and for the NHL, there are several buildings that they share. So I'm sure there's a lot of conversations going on between those two leagues. They have to be because if you're sharing the same facility, if that's where you, the way you go, because they're going to have to establish protocols. And I'm sure one league's not going to, going to have a protocol that's going to be different from the other league. I'm sure they're going to be shared. If they're going to be in the same building, they're going to have deep cleans, I'm sure. They're going to limit time. I don't think we're going to see fans in the stands. Again, there are so many options. And, of course, there are some buildings that are hockey only, and then you have other buildings that are not hockey only. They share with the NBA. How is this going to be played? Are you going to see all the teams that are eligible for the playoffs to be able to host? Are you going to keep it to a, a, a regional hub and make sure that you're not traveling as very much until you get to the Stanley Cup final? Then you might have to travel. How is that going to be facilitated? You're going to have to, of course, quarantine. I mean, these players have been in quarantine. They're going to have to quarantine elsewhere. They're going to have to ramp up. There's going to have to be training camp. And you're going to have to have all of this in place. And that's going to be the question. Can you get all of this? Or do you just... Just trash it. And there's probably too much money to just trash it without really trying. I mean, you're going to see every league and every organization go the extra mile to say, we're trying to have a season. So if it doesn't happen, they can say, we tried. Of course, I don't know what kind of insurance you can get for a pandemic. Probably none. So that's where the interesting deals will be made. I mean, you're going to have either credits extend, you're going to have extensions, you're going to have... A lot of money on the hook here. How is this going to affect the economics next season? And a lot of units in place here. Some leagues are better situated than others. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the money side of this. I mean, college football, you don't have units the way you do in the NHL because league, here's the contract. Here's what we have. And it's more of a national and then the remnant inventory is sold regionally or locally because Marshall might have 12 games, but those 12 games are not going to be televised. Maybe 11 will be televised, maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe 8, maybe 3. And that's not that's just the extreme there. But for the NHL and the NBA, they've got regional, they've got national obligations, and there's some missing inventory here right now. I mean, some teams have got different deals. And again, a lot of these deals are with the regional sports channels, not necessarily the national rights holders, but the regional rights holders as well, because they're looking for to recoup their losses. I mean, right now, unless you enjoy watching classic sports, what are you getting from the regional sports channels? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying don't keep them on your package, but... There's nothing there right now. I've, I've got my use out of ESPN, especially with The Last Dance. I've got my use out of that. 
the NFL draft. I've got my use out of that. If I want Korean baseball, I'll get my use out of that. There, there are things that are happening here, but I mean, we're getting down to that point where some decisions are going to have to be made real soon. And the NHL is one of those because you've got to go sooner or later. you got to either pull the trigger sooner or decide that you're not going to jeopardize the following season because that's the other thing to keep in mind. Do you risk the following season damaging it to finish out this season? And right now, you're hearing they're going to try to go. They're going to try to come up with a plan so they can go. And I think if they go or the NBA goes, you're going to see somebody else go as well. I don't know if the NHL is going to be the one to pull the trigger, though. As far as the arena sports are concerned, it might be the NBA. Baseball, we're still figuring out what's going to happen there. They might pull the trigger sooner than later. And then we're going to have so many sports. That's the thing. It's going to be feast or famine. We're going to have so many sports, and I'm okay with that. Again, you know how my day is going to be planned here. Uh, sure, give me some afternoon baseball. Give me give me a doubleheader. I want a, a doubleheader of baseball. Give me that every day. And then I'm going to go back and watch and listen to NBA, hockey. I'm going to be good. Could you imagine we have all three going at the same time? Baseball, hockey, the NBA, and all clustered up with multiple games a day. I mean, that could be the norm. You want to play some baseball? We got doubleheaders. We're going to have doubleheaders every day so we can get these games in. And I'm okay with that. Give me give me a day-night doubleheader. I would be completely fine with that. Give me give me the traditional doubleheader. Give give it to me. I'm I'm okay with that. More on the way. It's the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is the Thursday, May 7th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, one thing we've been not talking about is when we get back to some sort of sport, whatever that may be, who's going to be allowed on the court? Who's going to be allowed behind the benches? Who's going to be allowed? Because we have talked about, and the science of this, and it changes every day, that People of of advanced age are more at risk. Whether that's true or not, it doesn't seem to phase Mike D'Antoni. Because if the NBA can get back, by the way, his 69th birthday is tomorrow. He's the league's second oldest head coach behind Pop. Pop 71. Dan, he's the um, he's the older man, but his uh, his brother Mike 69. So Pop 71, Mike is 69. There's some concern. Hey, you know, you guys, you know, maybe you shouldn't be coming back. You're you're older. And apparently ESPN doing some reporting here and two NBA general managers spoke out and said that they had major concerns about the older coaches and staffers being present at games due to the fact that there are some things that place them at higher risk. The CDC and CDC says Adults over age 65 are higher risk of severe or fatal complications from the coronavirus. So if you're over a certain age, you are higher risk. But, again, sources, it seems that Mike, he's not he's not seeing this as a problem. Because if it seems like, at least from the reporting, that if they get to a point, the NBA, where they're playing again, that they have made sure that everything that needs to be in place is in place. And that's going to be as safe as an environment as possible. 
because ultimately that's what's going to allow this to happen, the environment to be safe, not for fans, but for players, safe for players. I don't care if they're fans in the stands. If I want to watch a game, I don't need to see you in the stands, and I'm sure you feel the same way. You don't need to see me in the stands. You just want to watch if we're going to have this happen. And so that's going to minimize a lot of this. And I'm sure the NBA, they're going to have to figure out what their game plan is going to be as well. I mean, how long will warm-ups take place? How many support staff will be allowed to be a part of this? You're going to have to have sterilization, deep sterilization. I mean, do you sterilize in between? Everyone comes out of the locker room. They go play. While that's going on, locker rooms are being sterilized at halftime. You go back in. After that, they're being sterilized again. They go back in. Game over. What's that going to look like? What's post-game going to look like? What's the media scrum going to look like? That's, these are things that interest me. How are we going to handle this? We're going to put them in a, a table, and you're going to stay six feet away minimum. Is it going to be like the presidential briefing we have every day? You're going to have limited media availability. Is it going to be maybe just you're not going to have these type of interviews? Because, again, that's going to be things you got to think about. Okay, do I want someone sticking a microphone in my face? Or we're going to have different microphones. Because if I'm going back and forth with my microphone, I'm breathing on it, you're breathing on it, people are going to think about these things. And so these are the things that I'm interested in as far as what's going to happen, what's it going to look like. I mean, some of this is interesting to me because that's where I'm at. I'm thinking, okay, how do you how do you conduct an interview? How do you do that with everything that we don't know and and we do know? How do you conduct interviews and how do you do you have electronic whistles now? How how do you go about this? And. You're going to have a lot of trash talking and people yelling. I mean, are the NBA players going to be required to wear masks? Probably not, but still. Maybe officials are going to have masks. Maybe trainers, coaches, everybody is on the side is going to have masks. Is that going to be part of it? The entire coaching staff masked up the limited people that are there for the facility. Everybody's going to have to wear a mask except the players. Is that what the landscape's going to look like? I mean, think about it. Everyone is going to probably have to have a mask. There's going to have to be testing. And that's the big key as well. Can you procure enough testing? Can you procure enough testing and have enough personal protection devices? We'll find out. That's going to be the question. And the same thing, baseball. I mean, are these guys going to be wearing masks or is it going to be everybody else except the players? Umpires, masks. Coaching staff, managers, support staff, masks, players, no mask. Is that what it's going to look like? And we haven't even got to the NFL yet where they wear helmets but not masks. So... Are we going to have coaches with masks on the side? Are we going to have officials with masks? Are we going to have football football players without masks? How does that play? How does that work out? These are interesting questions that are going to be fascinating to find the answer to how this is going to play out. But I'm pretty sure we're going to see sport. We're just not going to see it in the form that we are used to. And I don't know which sports we're going to see, to be honest with you. And these are the questions that are going to be asked. And, and it's, it's a smart question. So, okay. You have older coaches. You have coaches who are of advanced age. You know, what's their health condition? You know, are they going to be in a situation where they might not be able to get on the court or be a part of this because they have conditions that maybe wouldn't be good to let them in a situation here? So many questions. That's going to just about wrap this one up. Hey, thanks for listening. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, The music will be hitting here in a second. So uh, we're going to wrap this one up and get you ready for tomorrow. Friday, we'll have the MFL schedule to talk about. We'll find out what the schedule looks like. Is it going to be 
everything you hoped and dreamed. I'm interested because we're going to see at least tonight the schedule come out. We're going to break that down, what the NFL season potentially could look like. I mean, we know the opponents for the Cincinnati Bengals. We just don't know when and where. When and where. That's the thing. When and where. Mostly Sunday, Thursday, Monday. I mean, will they flex some games into Saturday if college football can't go? They probably won't make that announcement, but we'll have the schedule, and it's coming out tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.